Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at LAist.com slash sweeps. LAist Studios. Ran out of breath on that one. This is Josh Pettit. The breathing is, is one of the hardest things to get down on, on the harmonicas. Josh is playing for us today in front of nearly 50 tiny homes clustered at the Veterans Affairs campus in West LA. My mom says that when I was like three or something, she put on a Muddy Waters tape, Muddy Waters Live or whatever, and I would sit there for hours and just watch it. Josh recently moved into one of those homes. What I remember from it over anything else besides the, the electric guitar was the harmonica playing. He says practicing the harmonica helps him cope with the PTSD he's experienced since he was discharged from Iraq. If you can do blues harmonica, you can do anything else. Because blues harmonica is the hardest harmonica to play. You have to bend all the notes. I'm still not even close to like Little Walter or, or Big Walter. And I'll be like, man, how are you making that sound with that thing? Like, uh, But yeah, I'm getting there. So That's so cool. Yeah, thank you. This is How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. And this is Josh's service dog, Nipsey. She's a good girl. I've had her since she was six weeks old. She's a little over a year old now. Like many veterans, Josh has had a tough time reintegrating into society since he was released from the Army over a decade ago. I'd probably be in my hut right now. Or, you know, probably not even in my hut, just in some alley somewhere slamming dope, not even talking to you guys if I didn't have my service dog. Yeah. Josh is one of around 4,000 unhoused veterans in L.A. County, which at one point was declared the homelessness veterans capital of the country. I came to the West L.A. VA back in 2012 after being released from county jail for charges. Let's put it that way. These are folks who have served our country. There's many roadblocks for a lot of us. And they often suffer from debilitating mental and physical health issues. I'm considered permanently and totally disabled from the VA, so I get 100% compensation. Drug use, having people around I shouldn't have around. I mean, I'm, I make bad choices. But for most, getting help and housing is far from easy. I came here to, you know, stay sober and get my head right. We're out here at the Veterans Affairs Campus today in West LA with our unhoused communities reporter for LAist, Nick Gerda, and How to LA producer, Megan Botel. Oh, hey, Brian. Thanks for bringing us out here today. We're here because 179 new apartments opened for vets last month. The new units are part of the promise the VA made in 2015 to create 1,200 homes for veterans on this campus. This action was in response to a lawsuit alleging the VA was using the land for storage and other things and not housing and services for veterans as it was meant to. But eight years later, 
VA officials have not fully delivered on that promise and are running about four years behind schedule. I was doing good for a while. I got my I got housed for about a year and a half, and then I fell back into drug addiction and came back here again. I've been off and on here since 2011, 2012. Since he was discharged from the Army, Josh has been in and out of VA housing. At times, he lost his housing because of drug use, and other times it was simply due to red tape. He says he lost his last apartment because his landlord wouldn't honor his VA benefits. It was actually really weird. The apartment didn't take Section 8 off the bat, but they said they were willing to do the paperwork for me because I was a veteran, so they put in the paperwork and I was moved in the apartments and then about three months went by and there was one thing they had to sign and then send back to the housing authority and they wouldn't sign it. And nobody told me this, so my rent went unpaid because they weren't accepting the check and nobody told me, so three months later they evicted me. I've met many veterans out here on the, on the block that had devastating things happen to them. The block? is what's known as Veterans Row. It was right out here on San Vicente Boulevard in front of the VA campus, where until recently, about 40 veterans who were not provided housing from the VA lived in tents. Back in 2020, 2019, I saw what was going on here on San Vicente and um, had nowhere else to go, so I, I pitched a tent up out there too. I was like, hey, I could be a part of this. I'm a veteran, give me a tent. Let's see what's going on, you know? Within this encampment and throughout the larger community of unhoused veterans who largely suffer from PTSD and other mental and physical health issues, drug addiction is a huge problem. Drug use is a mental health issue. It's a mental health issue. If the VA had better implemented programs, it would be a lot easier for uh, veterans to stop using. You guys heard of Rat Park? Rat Park. Canada, right? Canada, yeah. yeah. First they give a rat a water bottle with heroin in it and a regular water bottle, and they just put it in a cage. Nine times out of ten, that rat will OD. It'll keep drinking that, that water, you know? Now they took 100 rats and put them in this amazing theme park for rats. You know how many rats used that, that medicated? None. And if they did, they used it every once in a while. None of them OD'd. It's showing that if you're living a fulfilling life, yes. you're less like, much and, less likely to. If you're having a lot of sex, I think was a big part of the study too. They, they, they had a lot of sex, so I think that's a big part of it, so. Josh is now considered one of the lucky ones. He's got a tiny home with a bed, a shower, some natural light, air conditioning, and he's enrolled in therapy through VA benefits, both of which have helped him stay sober. But thousands of veterans in LA County are still stuck somewhere inside the system with a long history of corruption. The West LA VA property is not serving veterans as it should be. This is Rob Reynolds. I'm an advocate for veterans. A lot of what I do here is with work with other veterans. We all do it on a free basis. All of us work together to try to help fix the situation on the property and get housing built because it's been going on for far too long. Rob has been working as an advocate to help unhoused veterans secure housing and other services since 2019. This work has been absolutely taxing and frustrating. It takes so much just to get very small things accomplished. And I truly believe that had we not set up tents outside the VA and brought attention to the fact that there's these issues and all these veterans that need a place to go, you wouldn't have the tiny home village here. You wouldn't have these new housing units opening. It wasn't until the VA was kind of put on front street and showing the problem that they actually started reacting and doing things. Rob understands how complicated this process is because he went through it himself. 
I went through a similar situation trying to get services here and got stuck outside on the street. I saw veterans pass away out there. It was, it was heartbreaking to see, especially when I started to realize there was all this land here and housing that's supposed to be built and years and years behind schedule. There's a lot of common sense things that could be put in place to fix these situations, and it was such a fight just to get very small things accomplished. That lawsuit I mentioned earlier, the one that led to the housing promise, the American Civil Liberties Union filed suit against the VA back in 2011, alleging it was illegally renting the land for private purposes like TV set storage, hotel laundry facilities, and a parking service. It's been serving a lot of private interests on the property. There's baseball stadiums, oil drilling, parking lot deals, dog parks, an athletic complex. And for a long time, the VA catered to those entities and did whatever they want over veterans' needs. And the crazy part about the dog park is, for a while, the VA was not allowing veterans in with their service dogs, but they were allowing the community to use a dog park on the land. So how did we get here to this point? The land was donated in 1887 by Arcadia Bandini to Baker and Senator P. Jones. It was deeded in 1888 to be a soldier's home in perpetuity. And it operated that way for nearly 80 years. You had upwards of 4,000 veterans living on the property. And then in 1970, 1971, that's when veterans started getting removed from this land. And it could have to do with the fact that the Vietnam War wasn't that popular and people didn't want veterans on this land. And then you have, again, all these private entities that see this property and the location and they want to exploit it or take advantage of it for their own needs. Since the end of World War II, this has constantly been a point of contention. World War II veterans were talking about the land being taken away, Vietnam veterans, and now their Vietnam veterans are passing on to the Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. I think it has a lot to do with just where the property is. If you haven't been to this VA campus before, let me explain. It is huge. 400 acres right off the 405 near Westwood and UCLA. It's smack in the middle of some of the most wealthy neighborhoods in Los Angeles. You have Brentwood, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica, Westwood, all these very wealthy communities around in the area. There's always my opinion, developers and people that look at this land and they see dollar signs over veterans' lives, just again because of the location. The VA hospital and medical center is located here, but otherwise it's really a lot of open space dotted with a bunch of old empty buildings that are run down. These buildings sat empty for decades. There used to be nearly 4,000 veterans living on this property. Then they were evicted or moved out of this property, and roughly the same number are homeless today that were moved off the property all those years ago. Last November, 14 veterans filed another lawsuit against the VA regarding land use at the West LA campus. It's really unfortunate that we're in this position today where the land has not been used the way it was supposed to be used, and the result of that is you have people that served this country, that served in combat, sleeping and dying, on the streets, in parks, on the beach, and it just doesn't make any sense. We'll get more into that after the break. 
Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Ghost Waltz by Oliver Mayer, a bold original recovery of Juventino Rosas, one of Mexico's most significant composers. Follow Rosas from his father's early death to his friendship with ragtime genius Scott Joplin, now on stage through June 2nd. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAS comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. You're listening to How to LA. In such a confusing, frustrating system, unhoused veterans often need extra help and people like Rob to step in and push for change. In February of 2020, we took a bus full of veterans down to Judge Otero's courthouse. Judge Otero was the judge that ruled over the last lawsuit when the ACLU sued the VA on behalf of veterans for misappropriating the land, not building housing. We're essentially like, the VA has done nothing to follow through on their promises. And about two weeks after that, we received a press release that the VA was gonna allow veterans to set up tents on this parking lot you're standing in right now. Another veteran in the community had a donation of large tents that he offered to donate to the VA, and the VA turned those donations down and instead gave veterans these little pup tents that were, I mean, tiny. So we had guys that couldn't get in with wheelchairs and walkers, and it was at that time that we're like, we're just gonna set these up on the street because we have to have somewhere for people to go. And the idea of putting the flag on it, that just kind of happened. We had one flag, we put it on there, and we thought, you know, this will help attract attention to the fact that these are veterans. Veterans Row came to be simply because the vets needed some place to be. They had nowhere else to live. But it also served as a physical representation of this glaring issue, one that local officials, hopefully, wouldn't be able to ignore. In January of 2021, when there were roughly 60 veterans out on the sidewalk. We went to a federal advisory board meeting where they're supposed to kind of oversee the land. And we're like, the only thing we should be talking about is how we're gonna get the veterans from off the sidewalk into the VA. They did not wanna talk about that. They ended up shutting the meeting down early. And after that meeting, a former chief of communications at this VA who's no longer here, he gave us a recording from the day prior of one of the VA directors involved in game planning how they were going to hide UCLA expanding a new practice field. In exchange for us not, not raising up issues about them doing it and then trying to say no we want to amend the lease and no you can't, we acquiesced to it and in exchange got overflow parking back, which is important to us for construction. This is Executive Director of Community Engagement and Reintegration Services at the VA, Robert McKenrick. We didn't want to have to give up parking to them every time they needed it for games and everything. So now they have The recording was leaked to Nakalei by a whistleblower in January 2021. Our advocates who are uh, a little testy out there are going to get up in arms when they see that there's another ball field being built. Okay. So this will get out ahead of us if we don't get moving on it quickly. So I'm going to try and call... 
They literally said, hide this from veterans, don't let them find out. They're gonna get up in arms when they find out. All of that is months and months of activity that we can't wait on. The story's gonna get out fast. They went forward and built that baseball stadium while all the veterans were out on the street. We have multiple options available for veterans seeking VA housing. I think the ones that probably are the most visible are the units we're developing on the campus. That's John Kuhn. He's a deputy medical center director of the VA Greater Los Angeles Healthcare System. Eventually, there'll be, over the next number of years, 1,200 units of housing on the campus. But that's really only a, a small portion of the VA's efforts. We have nonprofit partners throughout the area who seek out private landlords and pay portions of the rent to try to help veterans through a housing crisis. So we have a variety of tools and housing options available to veterans. I kind of heard a different story when I spoke to formerly unhoused veterans saying they might have gotten an application in, which, by the way, they have said it wasn't the easiest type of thing to do. And then they were essentially placed, uh, you know, months later, weeks later, maybe days later. But it's not an easy process. What are some of those factors that have held things back? There are significant difficulties. Although we have these resources, it doesn't necessarily mean they're always easy to access. Until the current administration, there was no funding provided to create the infrastructure necessary to build these buildings. There's also a requirement in California to meet certain environmental standards, and we have to have a variety of reviews that happen before you're allowed to build. And that took time. It took years. So those two factors, I think, were the really the, the most significant factors would we have liked to build these units sooner? Of course. But Rob and others we spoke to on the ground say officials aren't giving this issue the attention it needs. I find the politicians could be doing a lot more than they're doing. I don't think that they're actively engaging the situation they should be. Karen Bass came out to Veterans Row with Secretary McDonough back in 2021. She has never really come and met with any of us here. There's never even been a town hall for them to come and sit and hear what veterans have to say. So that has been very hard because there's not a good chain of communication that's opened up. And I think that that's what stalls a lot of the progress. We asked Mayor Karen Bass about that. I have been very much involved in these issues along with other categories of homeless people as well. In terms of speeding up the building, I've been very dismayed by that because I started working on this specifically when I was in the state assembly. I was there with Secretary McDonough when we met with the VA leadership and brought all of the people from San Vicente inside. And we pushed the VA to bring those veterans inside. So I've spoken to many, many, many veterans as I have been dealing with this issue in the tents or moving people from tents into motels. We often, often, often encounter veterans. But clearly, veterans and those working with them on the ground still don't feel hurt. The ones that I'm most concerned about are the ones that can't advocate for themselves, that are severely mentally ill, severely disabled. They will show up here, they have no identification, they have no paperwork, and then they have to go through this whole process that can take three to six months just to get the voucher and then trying to find them a place to live. 
There's times where we'll get someone through the entire process and then they'll be told, you make too much money, you don't qualify for housing, and then their voucher will expire. And then they have to go through the process again to get another voucher, and a lot of times that doesn't happen. I just feel like one of the biggest problems is there's such a lack of communication between people at the ground level and then people at the executive level and people in different branches of government. They're not all communicating together. It's like all these different competing interests coming up with ideas that don't actually add up to the reality of what's happening at the ground level. What most of us are going to look for is not you just coming out like, hey, do you guys want to get into some housing? No, all right. Hey, do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, fuck off, bro. Just talk to us, get to know, you know, what we're doing out here, what our needs are, just get to know us. We're veterans. If we don't, if we're not going to bond with you, you know what I'm saying? Then we're not going to work with you. Like, it's just not going to happen. Tomorrow, we'll be back with part two of the series on veteran homelessness. We'll be diving deeper into exactly what those hurdles are that veterans face when trying to secure housing. This episode was produced by Megan Botel. Thanks to Nick Gerda for coming along with us to the West LA VA campus. Catch us back on your feed mañana. Be safe, y'all. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com slash sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS for a morning of multilingual story times, interactive performances, art making, and lots of kid fun. Bring the whole fam and join us for a super fun Saturday at LAS in Pasadena on June 1st. Tickets at LAS.com slash events. See you there.